welcome to the first ever episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros. I am Alex Jumper, joined by three lifelong friends here. Just want to say a quick welcome aboard. I'm going to pass it around let them introduce themselves real quick. Hey guys, my name is Adam Smith, and uh, we're here to talk about sports, food, and any other guy talk out there. I'm Austin Williams, and I will be on the buttons for this podcast. And I am Chris Williams, and I just want to say a special thank you for joining us on this journey um, as we plan to expand on this and um, add all extra content and all kinds of cool things. All right, and one last shout-out to our man behind the scenes doing all the editing for us. His name is Aaron Shikatano. A huge shout-out for him doing all the hard work that you know, goes unnoticed. Then I'm going to pass it over to Adam. He's going to run through our agenda of topics for this episode. So on today's episode, we are in a heated debate uh, over the Popeye's chicken sandwich versus the Lord's chicken, a.k.a. Chick-fil-A. Also, we're here to talk about week zero of college football. All right, so let's get into it. The Popeyes versus Chick Fil A sandwich. We've got a great story to tell you because we we wanted to we wanted to be informed when we came into this debate. So me and Chris went on a journey to get Popeyes. I'm gonna let Chris take it over here because it was a wild journey. Well, um, wow. So like any educated person should do, you should try something before you talk about it. So Alex and I about two hours ago tried to go over to the Popeyes that is right up from our house and order two of these chicken sandwiches because for Popeyes apparently it comes with mayonnaise and pickle and you have to choose whether you get the regular mayonnaise or the spicy mayonnaise. So we were just going to get one with spicy mayonnaise, no pickle, and then get one with no mayo at all and get the classic pickle on it like Chick-fil-A does at the Lord's Chicken. And we were getting to this daggum line that's about seven cars deep, wrapped around the building, get all the way up to order it, and they got these little pieces of paper saying they're out of freaking chicken sandwiches. As most would say, Chick-fil-A would never run out of chicken sandwiches. So we get to the drive-thru. I'm like, hey, you know, just want to check, make sure you don't have any of these chicken sandwiches. And what did this lady say, Alex? So Chris goes, just want to make sure you're out of chicken sandwiches. And the lady goes, the sign's on the board, sir. Like, okay, first off, don't talk to me like that. I'm Chick a paying customer. Chick-fil-A never would. Chick-fil-A would never talk to you that way. Yes, maybe there was a sign-up saying you're out of chicken sandwiches, but we made this journey. We're going to make sure before we just turn around and go home that you are out of chicken sandwiches. But, no, the lady wanted to catch an attitude with us. Chick-fil-A would have been like, we apologize, sir, for the dear inconvenience caused to you with not having a Chick-fil-A sandwich to provide to you this afternoon. Popeye's wanted to catch an attitude and tell us to go home and mind our own business. So is the only person in the room that actually has tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich, Austin Williams. What do you think about the Popeye's chicken sandwich? I don't care about how they treat me. I just care about how the sandwich tastes. And this better than Chick-fil-A, in my opinion. Oh, boy. So, oh, wow. So what, right. what, what is your take? Why, why is it better than Chick-fil-A? I mean, it's, it's a little different sandwich. Chick-fil-A, you get the lettuce and tomato and... Some cheese on it. Not, the, not on the regular chicken yeah, sandwiches. That's the club. We're talking, we're talking regular oh, chicken yeah. sandwiches. Straight up. So, I, it's just more crispy. Uh, I don't particularly love the breading on Chick-fil-A, but I love Chick-fil-A. But that, that crispy bread and Popeye's, man. So, so, it is, so you're saying it's the breading that Chick, um, Chick-fil-A has is not, not your style, but the one at Popeye's is? Gives it a little extra crunch. Yeah, it's almost like you're eating the skin off of a good fried chicken breast. 
So that's what you're looking. You're looking for a good crunch. It it is buttermilk breaded, to be clear. It you is, like you is. like that crispiness of it. The the crisp when you bite into it, you hear that, that crunch, and you're just like, oh yeah, this is a good. Oh one. yeah, it, it definitely. I probably feel better about eating Chick Fil A's chicken because, like we said, it's the Lord's chicken. But uh, the crispiness of that sandwich is just impeccable. Okay, so could you, you throw tell that spicy could, mayo on there too? Ooh, you slap your mama over that. Could you tell a difference in the buns? I could, because if you can't taste a bun and not taste the it's Chick-fil-A's bun, then something is physically wrong with you. Okay, because they use brioche buns at the Popeye's. So That's... is the Chick-fil-A bun better than the Popeye's bun? Um, They're very, they're different, but you can't get that big of a taste difference between them. So even though it's a brioche bun at Popeye's versus just your like normal, I guess, hamburger style bun, Buttered and toasted at Chick Fil A. If I would have to pick a bun, I would give a slight advantage to Popeyes. I really and would. It's, that's probably only due to the fact that we pointed out it's a brioche bun. He probably has no idea. And, no, if, no. and for those who don't know, brioche buns are the call. I do think they are better. They taste just a little bit better, but I I have nothing to complain about Chick Fil A's buns. So as two of us in this podcast group have formerly worked at Chick Fil A. I am very biased to, I'm a big lover of the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. The classic, the club, the grilled, it doesn't matter. It's all good. Yeah, Adam, I was I was telling Chris in the drive-thru that I was going to start questioning almost every life decision I ever made if the Popeyes was going to be on the same level, you know, flavor-wise of Chick-fil-A that... I would I would start judging myself for wanting to wanting to get the Popeyes more than Chick Fil A. It's like, nope, I, you know, I put years of hard work into a Chick Fil A restaurant. I can't do this. I can't betray Chick Fil A like this. I can't do it. Chick Fil A has taken too much of my money for me <laughs> not to I've enjoy. Way, the, yeah, the, spent enjoy way too the much Chick-fil-A money there. I, I'm not in the uh, Popeyes rewards program. I'll just say that. So, <laughs> but is... but to be clear, I will solve this. We will have a Popeyes chicken sandwich. In, in the next two episodes, hopefully. This so. is the real interesting thing here because, uh, like, Popeyes isn't really big around here. We have other competitors such as Bojangles and Zaxby's, but I spent the summer in Houston and Popeyes was up there, man. You were talking Chick fil A or you were talking Popeyes if you wanted some good chicken. Of course, they had the Taco Bell KFC in one, so that, that, that's pretty special right there, but, uh, Popeyes is in another category when you move outside of the southeastern coast. So I was about to say, just a heads up to all the listeners out there, we are based out of Columbia, South Carolina, so we are Chick-fil-A dominant over here in uh, in our state, and that's mostly the fried chicken we get as far as fast food-wise. Don't, there, don't not Zestos like that. I was about that. to say, there's, don't, there's, don't one, Zestos. there's one local restaurant that's really great. It's uh, Zestos. If you come through Columbia and you don't hit Zestos, you, you've done it wrong. Don't, you've been don't, through Columbia the wrong way. Don't knock our future sponsor. So then, It is not the same as the Zestos in uh, Omaha. It is not. It, they serve the same things on the menu, by the way, actually. I looked that up one day when they were playing the, the College World Series. They serve the same things on the menu. Ooh. But I don't know. I've never experienced it. So Speaking of uh, World Series, you got notification. Louisiana just topped Curacao in the Little League World Series. Wow. Yep, USA wow. just kept the title to the Little League World Series. Wow. There's a guy for Lu- for Louisiana. Austin and I were watching it yesterday before the draft. They were playing Hawaii. And there's a guy for Louisiana that looks like Cody Bellinger. Like legitimately He's, is the future Cody Bellinger. He is as tall as his coaches, too. So like what? Like six foot two it, he's probably six, 12 years old? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's probably six two. You know, he's, he's a behemoth out there on a little. But he's, he's got the Cody Bellinger swing, which is why it made me think of Cody Bellinger. Is it the that. the big left-handed kid? Yeah, twenty-two. 
Yeah. Surprisingly, though, the stats of kids that make it in the Little League World Series that make it to the MLB is it's drastically low. It's it's really not that strong a competition. Austin and I were talking about it yesterday. Like Austin and the Lord don't inflate his head, but um, but like Austin at that age was throwing probably low seventies, mid seventies, which is like what you see one in maybe every five teams have a guy that can do that in the Little League World Series. So. Had Austin played Little League Baseball on that level at that competition, yes, he would have been, I don't want to say dominant, but good. Really, really would, good. Would he Would he have been a standout amongst yeah. amongst the, I guess, pitchers on the Little, Little League? On the Little League World, if his team would have made it to the Little League World Series, he would have stood out among the pitchers. Well, and that's the thing, like, the, I, I don't know how long it's been since the Southeast has even made it to the championship game, but out here... We have one Little League team in the state of South Carolina, and it's located in Greenville, which is 45 minutes to an hour away. And it's just not big around here. You have Dixie Youth, and, like, you have your smaller programs that do it, and you have your Dixie Youth state title and nationals and stuff like that. And it's just, it's like playing two different sports, but you're playing the same sport because you're not together. You can't be in Dixie Youth and win the Little League World Series because – you're not even in there. But I guess back to the chicken sandwich debate. Now that we brought up Zesto's with a former employee of Zesto's, is their chicken sandwich not even close? Can, not, you, can you catch a trend that three of the four of us has worked at a chicken restaurant? Yeah. Can you, can you see where we're going with our bias here? Yeah. The, the, welcome to the Southeast, baby. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to South Carolina in general. So, no, Zest, so Zesto's chicken Zesto's, like, would I rather eat Chick-fil-A's chicken nuggets or a piece of Zesto's fried chicken? That would be a hard debate to get into. That might have to be for another episode. But chi- Absolutely Zest- will be for another episode. Zesto's chicken, like, sandwich? I can't I can't release any trade secrets or anything, but Zesto's chicken sandwich, not even in the ballpark with Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. They're not, they don't. They don't just deserve to be in the own the same area code. Here's so, a here's a hot take. Uh, Zaxby's chicken sandwich, which which includes grilled chicken breast, cheese, bacon, and their ranch. How does it rank up against a fried chicken, a grilled chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A? So we doing a, we about to do a, a Mount Rushmore of chicken sandwiches here is what I'm hearing. Uh, that can yeah that can be something we can roll out. I'm we, good with we, that. We Everybody like that. in the room. Do a do a top top five chicken sandwich. I'll make I'll make that we'll make that a topic for you want to do it right now or you want to do it for another episode. Hot, right we can do it right we'll hot do it. Let's seat do it right, right now. now. Hot, right. Seat. hot seat right now. All right. So hot chicken sandwich. Here we go. Let's roll through it. So, um, at first off, like I said, Chick Fil A will always in my mind, be my favorite chicken sandwich. So they're absolutely going to be number one for me. Um, I do enjoy Zaxby's chicken sandwich. I probably will. I'll probably put that at number two. Um, Lush's, which is a little local restaurant around here, has a very good chicken sandwich. I do like it. And then um, I would probably have to go, not knowing, not knowing, not tried it yet. I guess. But with all the hype and stigma around it, we'll throw Popeyes out there just to, you know, it could very well get knocked off immediately. McDonald's chicken sandwich, a Southern style chicken sandwich. Was that's a that's a good cheap one? Very good probably, cheap one. That'd probably be it's number not a, five. It's, listen, it was, it's, it's not. It's, a, oh, I'm not knocking it. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, it you, if it, you say on a budget, it takes the cake. Oh yeah, 
on yeah. a budget, so it takes that, a cake. That would be that would be my top five. Right so there would I want to I want to clarify some things on this chicken sandwich. Like, like, all right, so are we doing just grilled, just fried, any chicken sandwich, no matter the toppings? Like, any chicken sandwich, no matter the toppings. No matter the top. All right. Are we going to include the chicken biscuit from Bojangles? Yes. Cajun no. Philly chicken biscuit? No, no, no. no, no. That is technically that's, that's not a biscuit. Right, that's a sandwich. Sandwich. Right, okay. but, that's but, the, but the they do have a Cajun club chicken sandwich. Not good. You've got to have the biscuit. Okay. So I've got a sleeper on you. Chick-fil-A is definitely number one. Okay. Haven't had Zestos or Rushes, which I know is blasphemy around here. Haven't had the chicken sandwich from either one of those restaurants. But the Wendy's Asiago Ranch Chicken Club sleeper right there if you can get your hands on one of those bad boys that's a good to go right there home style or spicy oh home style so i I can dabble in the spicy though but every i just every once in a while we get the home style the spicy there's nothing wrong with it so either there's if you can if you can handle spicy go spicy so are you taking wendy's at your number two in mount rushmore chicken sandwiches I, i hate to say it but i think i am i think i am that that also might just because because the lack of me having chicken sandwiches other places so that's what that's what i'm gonna do is because you know wendy's i'm taking number two because i haven't had it really anywhere else but the zestos haven't tried it rushes have not tried it popeyes tried to try it lady caught an attitude so you know we went away but wendy's is a sleeper man telling you so you're going chick-fil-a one wendy's two and then you don't really have anything after that due to your lack of chicken sandwich experience yep and that might be because i'm stuck in my ways so I'm not really good for this conversation right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to go with the Popeye's one, no pickles, spicy mayo, of course. I'm going to go Chick-fil-A, spicy deluxe with pepper jack cheese as number two. Curveball here. I'm going with back-to-back Zaxby sandwiches on this one. I'm going to go with the kickin' chicken for three and the Cajun club. No lettuce or tomatoes, because that is terrible. As four, and then to round out the top five, I will go with the Wendy's Spicy Asiago Ranch Chicken or chicken Sandwich. So is, is the Zaxby's Kicking Chicken, is that... I'll accept that. It's, it's on it, Texas Toast. I say, is that an actual sandwich or that tenders? No, it's, it's a... Or it's, is it an actual chicken oh, breast? See, See, I forgot about Zaxby's, and I've had multiple chicken sandwiches from Zaxby's, but then you bring up a great point. They're Most tenders, of the ones I've had are tenders slapped not, on the toast with cheese and bacon and all not, that. Not chicken but breast. But a club on the, the – it's almost – I think it's a brochette. How do you say it? A bruschetta? Bruch, no. Brioche. 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 Brioche bun. I think Zaxby's has a grilled club on a brioche bun there, and I like the Zaxby's one that way. Okay, okay. I forgot I'll, about Zaxby's. I, will, I forgot about them. I will ex- I'm putting them at number three, okay? I will accept the kicking chicken sandwich because it, it is on Texas toast. I mean, it f- it feels like a kicking chicken sandwich. You, you, you completely forget that it's tenders that you're biting into. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, you're you're also completely the, immersed in also that. Also, there's so much hot sauce and ranch on that. I mean, you're you're more worried about how to freaking clean your fingers off. So, um, so to round this out, um, one will be – the uh, grill club from Chick-fil-A uh, with pepper jack cheese, no tomato, and the um, honey roasted barbecue sauce, uh, which is fantastic, by the way, for those who go to Chick-fil-A. If you've never tried it, you've got to try it. Um, second will actually be the Asiago Ranch Chicken Club Spicy with no tomato uh, from Wendy's. That thing is fantastic. And coming in at three, which you will have to try, Alex, the Chicken Club Sandwich from Rush's. 
no tomato, got cheese, bacon, lettuce. It is a quality chicken sandwich. It is. It's actually what I get from Russia's. I don't get hot dogs. I don't get burgers. That is what I get from Russia's. I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably get tomatoes on it because I'm a tomato guy, so I can't mm. can't tell them no tomatoes. But the Chick Fil A sandwiches, man, I'll take the grilled They're, club, the fried, any chicken sandwich they've got. I will. I will literally fight somebody for. Yeah, they're they're in a, they're in another league. Don't get me wrong. Oh. They're they're in a, they're in another league of their own. Call me so. biased, but I will fight you. I like it's just it's unreal the the sandwiches they've got, and then the pickles. But I, I'm also a, I like pickles, unlike most of the people here in this podcast. So yeah, I don't like pickles. Anybody else like pickles? I like pickles. Do you like pickles? Okay. All, I also so me, doesn't me like and pickles. Adam like pickles. Just to be clear for everybody in the future, Austin's food group does not include anything green. <laughs> No lettuce, no pickles, no cucumbers. He eats green peas. That's about it. Technically, a pickle is a cucumber, but we'll it's, just roll past it's that. It's just a pickle cucumber, yes. It's, it's in its own. So, uh, four will go kicking, yeah, probably kicking chicken sandwich from Zaxby's. I mean, I love that thing, man. I, I do. I love that thing. It's a buttered Texas toast, bro. You can't beat that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a five. Uh, yeah, the Southern Style Chicken Sandwich from McDonald's is probably five, yeah. It, you know, you, I mean, as far as, like, value for money, you you I you mean, can't beat it. You, you can't, can't beat, beat it. it. Yeah. It is it is no pickles on that thing. It is worth it. Honestly, if we're talking about value for money on any kind of sort of fast food, you really can't beat McDonald's. Cookout. You can't. Can cook oh, out beat it. Cookout. 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 Okay, so yeah. to the listeners that may be not from North or South Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> cookout. cookout is in a Establishment that caters to the drunk college crowds at three in the morning, and, and sober college crowds at three in the morning. It's, it's all good. oh, it's no, fantastic. I, I, Co- cookout the, is fantastic. Any any time of the day, you pretty much can go there, get a cookout tray, which is one entree, two sides, a large drink for what five, seven five, bucks four, at the most four ninety nine. Yeah, until five, you start upgrading things. Yeah, you start upgrading things. Which five dollars to six fifty is the, uh, the most I've ever spent yeah. on a cookout yeah. tray. Five, five thirty four is what I spent on my cookout and tray. They call it cookout, but the food you get is genuinely food you would get at a southern cookout. Like it's hamburgers, hot dogs, some quesadillas, some chicken wraps. They got uh, uh, chili cheese dogs, bacon cheese dogs. They got white cheddar bites, fries. Man. Chili cheese fries. Uh, the fries are fantastic. Oh, Cajun fries. You got to get the Cajun fries, not the regular fries. And then have a fantastic drink of a southern staple in cheer wine. Can't go wrong with <laughs> cheer wine. Cheer wine's the best. And they have corn dogs as a side. Ooh, Bold yeah. move. Yeah, the wraps are really good. The chicken wraps are good. Chicken wraps are fantastic. Um, you can get a bacon ba- wrap, a fried honey mustard chicken wrap, or a Cajun wrap. And there's a ranch wrap. You can get yep. ranch with the fried chicken. Yep, and they have white cheddar bites now. Have you been to Cookout since they had the white cheddar bites? No, I've not. Oh, dude, it's so it's, to try it's, that. It's, if you ever been to Zaxby's and had their white cheddar bites, that's really really good. The Cookout white cheddar bites are on the same level. Okay, I'm going to try that out. All right, on to Andrew Luck. Everybody with that? No, college football week zero. All right, all right that's college fine. Football week zero. All right, let's talk all about right. it then. So, as you all know, most of you know, the week zero kicked off. The big touted game on that one is the Miami Hurricanes took on the Florida Gators. Florida ranked number eight. Miami unranked. Took them on at a neutral site in Orlando. The Florida Gators did come out on top. But let's go around and take our hot takes on how we thought this game played out. Pass it off to Adam real quick. So, I did not get to watch majority of this game. I was uh, preoccupied. So, I was – I caught the last – seven minutes in the fourth quarter but if that last seven minutes showed anything like the rest of the game 
it was not worth my time. I will I will agree. Those I, seven minutes were very indicative of what took place all the minutes before then. So in the seven minutes I watched, I saw four turnovers, a Miami offensive line that looked like they were still stuck in high school with concrete blocks on their ankles, didn't know how to move. Florida's defense looked like they could play against anybody, but that just, I think, proved to the fact that Miami isn't that good of a team. They they are very young. They have a freshman quarterback that just didn't make smart decisions when he had to escape the pocket or needed to throw it away, and he didn't. But they do have a big-time transfer that they decided not to play with with uh, Tate Martell. But Florida, then, on the other hand, Felipe Franks, still thinking he's a little overrated in the SEC. Um, from everything we saw going into the season – show that Florida, they're, they're projecting second in the SEC East. And after last night, they'll be out of the top 25, I think, by week three, week four. So, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, uh, with which portion? With uh, Florida being out of the top five, our top 25, I think even with a one-loss Florida team, they carry a big enough name that unless there's some big moves, it, they'll be in the top 25. Um I also made a statement before this game to y'all that I am so excited for college football to be back, but they could not have started it back with a worse game because this was going to be an absolutely boring and a joke of a game because neither had an offense, both had great defenses, and we had about five, six turnovers in that game. It was a very sloppy game, a lot of sacks, a lot of not knowing when to get rid of the ball. It was just a boring kind of, oh, football's back. I don't really care about this game. And then it was actually a close game, and I feel like a lot of us started to pull for Miami just to see an upset in week one or week zero first game. Like, I, I wanted to see an upset at the end of the game. Especially with Florida being ranked number eight, like Alex said. Um, they, I think, are coming in way over ranked. And I think this kind of showed that, even though this preseason ranking doesn't mean a whole lot. I think they were, you know, just, again, overrated and not a number eight or a top ten team in the uh, college football. I, I said this the other day when we were when it was just you, me, and Austin doing this. It, Florida is the most overrated team in college football. They have no reason to be number eight in the country. And to Adam's point, UT Martin and Kentucky are the next two teams on the schedule, which – they should beat UT Martin. They should probably beat Kentucky. Uh, Felipe Franks is the most overrated quarterback in the SEC. Like that man, I know he threw a – you look at the box score. He threw a 66-yard touchdown to a receiver. It was a bubble screen. He literally had to throw the ball 10 yards to his right. Okay? He threw one pass over 10 yards that I felt good about. Like most of – seriously, most of the plays, if you watch – Austin and I watched the first quarter of the game before our fantasy draft came on – Bubble screens. Both teams literally just threw bubble screens. And, and I mean, they dumped it down to the running back. They, you know, had a couple draw plays. They moved the ball on each other. But, I mean, Miami's defense is a little overrated. Florida's defense will hammer out across the season because Florida's defense is really talented. But they just had the little preseason jitters they, or post-game jitters that they needed to get I mean, out. They gave up 20 points. There's nothing wrong with giving up 20 points in college football. I mean, yeah, you gave it up to Miami, who had a, a redshirt freshman quarterback, who, by the way, was a four-star athlete coming out of high school. Jaron Williams was a pretty talented guy for most people. He was in the top ten as far as dual-threat quarterbacks. So, I mean, he's not 
he's not untalented. He's just inexperienced, right? Just he's, young. Just yeah, young. He's, he's inexperienced. He's a freshman. So, but yeah, Felipe Flanks on his box score, two fifty four, two touchdowns, also two interceptions though. A- average, yeah, average nine point four yards an attempt. But the the thing about those nine point four yards on average, I have to agree with Chris on this one. Definitely seemed like it was most of those yards were made after the catch. So the, there was not many long bombs, a lot of screens. But he also was he went sixty two percent with his completions versus attempts. Well, when you I mean you throw it you know three yards to the running back out of the yeah. backfield, it's it's not hard to complete passes. So He's, he was seventeen he, for twenty seven. He had on two the attempts. he had two passes longer than fourteen yards. He had a sixty six yard bubble screen for a touchdown, and then late in the game he had to move the ball down the field, and he actually threw a pretty good sixty five yard bomb to a guy out of the slot. So outside of that, fourteen yards was his longest attempt. So I'm going to take a hot take here on the Florida Gators defense. I could not tell if it was the defensive line was that strong, or if it was the Miami O line that weak and that young. My, Miami's O line is that weak and that young. There's a, I mean, I, there was multiple times I could I could see the the Gators. There we go. Cracking up another cold one. You'll hear that sound quite a lot on this podcast, my friends. But the Gators, right, the right end would just take the left tackle on a freaking circus merry-go-round all the way around and then cut back through when he got behind the quarterback. It's just, it, it wasn't that the Hurricanes got outplayed. It, well, I mean, they kind of got outplayed. But it was just the Gators was just more experienced. They were older. They knew what they were doing. The Hurricanes were younger, didn't know how to handle that experienced pass rush. I, I could not tell if it was the Hurricanes' offensive line being inexperienced or the Gators being that that good. So and it I, seemed like it seemed like fate was behind the Hurricanes too in the fourth quarter. Those those pass interference calls, all the penalty calls they were getting that was that was young <laughs> dumb mistakes the Gators were making. And I I will argue with anybody that the penalties that the Gators got in the fourth quarter were well deserved. Oh, they were they were not questionable. They were well deserved. Like you can't throw the receiver to the ground when the ball's in route. Like come on now. Oh, did you see the Austin and I watched this? Did you see the kicker on the fake field goal get hit about ten yards out of bounds by the yeah, Florida? Yeah, yeah. They called that. Those so that that actually got they got the Miami did the fake field goal. He ran it, got hit ten yards out of bounds. They threw the flag for the you know the late hit whatever on a kicker, but it got also Miami got a holding on the same play. But since it was the personal foul of roughing the kicker out of bounds, it outweighed the holding, gave him an automatic first down. Miami does a whole bunch of bullshit and then misses a field goal and gets no points out of the that, entire drive. That kicker didn't know where he was, probably. I mean, he got lit up about oh, 10 he got, yards out it of was bounds. A, it was a great <laughs> hard hit. Like he, so, After that hit, I guarantee he questioned a lot of decisions he made. So I got – go ahead. So are you out on yeah, – You might want to make awesome. sure that Turn his mic there. off. So are you out on Florida in the East this year? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I do not believe they will finish better than Carolina. That I, if, if that's how they had it predicted out, I do not believe they have. Um, I meant to bring that up. College game day brought up a great question. You know, I forget the stat, but statistically, over the X amount of years, a top 10 team has not finished ranked at all. It's fallen completely unranked. And I say this year the top 10 team that's going to fall out of the rankings is going to be Florida. So there's no way they can finish in the top 25 the way they played this this past weekend. So I have two things. Um, one, Miami's offensive line is that bad. There's actually a four-star offensive tackle that was committed to Carolina that flipped to Miami because he's from Miami, and the playing time that he's being promised. Two, 
Flor- the rest of Florida schedule. Listen to this stretch in October. So October 5th, they have number 16 Auburn at home. The next weekend, they are at number 6 LSU. The next weekend, they are at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Then they have a bye week, and then the following weekend is the big game in Jacksonville against Georgia, number three Georgia. So that four-game little stretch there for them is going to be tough. Now, outside of that, they got Tennessee, Townsend, Kentucky, Vandy, Missouri, and Florida State, but which they are, are tough games. they are on the road at Kentucky, which might give Kentucky a slight advantage. Just I'd be interested to see how Kentucky does this year. I don't know. That. Kentucky – I can't think of much talent that Kentucky has this year. No, nah, I mean, they, well, they, they, lost they always seem to give South Carolina a hard time. Granted, We've, but they always do. Them and Vanderbilt, for whatever reason. Take all your money and put it on Kentucky against South Carolina. Not to win outright, but cover the spread, whatever it's going to be. We will lose to them, and we will beat your, Alabama. Something so. dumb like that. It's the <laughs> South Carolina way. Uh, we are playing them at home this year, so we'll probably carry a eight-point favorite, something like that, a little over a touchdown. Take it. Take Kentucky. I I take it every year. I take South Carolina, I believe, and I lose. So take Kentucky. For the listeners that don't know, all four of us are – we are all diehard South Carolina fans. We uh, Two of us graduated from the University of South Carolina. One of us did not graduate but is a diehard – South Carolina fan. He's about, he's about to graduate. Let's no, no, clear. no. I was talking about Adam. Oh. Adam didn't graduate from the USC. He graduated from the the Citadel. Oh yeah, the Go Citadel dogs. boys. Go dogs. You know, got paid to Columbia. Got paid to come to Columbia and beat the Gamecocks in football one year. We're not going to talk about that. That was a great game. I was there, <laughs> sitting in zone. Austin's currently enrolled at the University of South Carolina, so we have a little bit of a hard feelings to the wrongdoings that South Carolina has been, you know, facing against the University of Kentucky. The they beat the us five, five years. years in a row. Yeah. If they beat us a six-year in a row this year, we're probably going to contemplate. Firing Will Muschamp. Yeah, hot seat maybe. He I don't sh- know. He should be gone already. I'm tired of him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hot. All right, all right Austin, why, why do you make that comment? What Support that, that statement there. What you uh, got? Have you watched film of him in Florida with a good defense, and then you come and watch him at USC – with a completely different scheme in the same conference, same division of the conference, same thing. Put the same defense in, implement the same plays, same thing, and keep it rolling. You are fine if you just go back to how you called plays in Florida. He comes to South Carolina, wants to play a soft, not pressing the receivers at the line, and we just let people throw for 70 completion percentages and 400 yards because they're throwing slant routes all day. It, I'll say this too, though. I, I think I think he's playing with what he's got right now, and he's recruiting to it. So I, I don't see a change in his defense. But I will say this, is that he is actually like – he's really put an emphasis on having a better offense. And you've seen him – like he never had a quarterback in Florida. He never once had a quarterback in Florida. And now – like you can extremely tell that he has put an emphasis on having great quarterbacks with the quarterbacks that we have. He's put an emphasis on making sure his offense is not only just up to standard, but but trying to be one of the best in the SEC, not just the East, but the entire SEC. And then, you know, he's he's kind of just taking it with what he's got. He's recruiting to it. So, you know, I, I, I think in my opinion, and we can we can all go around the room and say this, but in my opinion, I think – 
this is a year that no matter what happens, we're going to deal with. But next year will probably be a year where he has to make something happen. So with this now being his going into his fourth season as our head coach, is he's now starting to get some of the guys he wants in the program, get his style of players. And I'm thinking, you know, this this might be the year that we start seeing a little change in maybe even our defense. But, yes, I think uh, he's been focusing on – going out and just scoring more points so our defense doesn't have to hold an opponent to 15 points, 16 points, you know. But if we can, we can. But I'm thinking we're trying to go out and score 30, 35 points a game, and hopefully we can win off of that because we've had kind of a little lack of defensive. After Clowney left, I feel like our um, defense has kind of slacked a little bit. Yeah, but we played a Florida team, as we just talked about, has a – not a good offense and we gave up almost 40 points to them last year so i looked that up that last year we south carolina lost to florida 35 31 florida was ranked number seventh we were unranked florida scored 21 points after the half we had the lead going into the fourth quarter and it's just kind of it's kind of hard to explain and going off what adam was saying you know we're just gonna outscore them focus more on scoring touchdowns get more points on the board that's a good tactic, but the part that kills me about that is Muschamp, correct me if I'm wrong, is touted as a defensive coach. So we shouldn't be doing the just try to outscore him. He should be able to do the, yeah, we're going to outscore him, but my defense is also going to hold them to where we need to keep them where they're not going to be a threat, keep them at the you know below 20 points a game. If we're going to try to outscore them, too, I'd like to see a different defense. I wouldn't like to see the soft defense play press coverage, and if they beat you over the top, they beat you over the top. Try to get picks. Try to get turnovers. If you're going to try to outscore a team, run a Big 12 defense where you're attacking the ball, you're pressing. You might get beat three times a game over the top, and if the quarterback beats you over there, he's a good player. I mean, give give him tip your hat to him. But if you're just going to sit there and let people do checkdowns and just drop-offs, it's it's so easy for a college quarterback. Once he gets in rhythm, it's hard to slow one down. See, that's, that, my favorite thing about watching the college football is watching a great defense do its work, putting pressure coverage on the QB, getting the running back and having to work for his yardage. And that's what kills me about South Carolina is it feels like the past few years we've done nothing but watch the – we're going to give the receivers 10 yards of blanket space right off the line. So the receivers are almost guaranteed 10 yards almost every play. And it's like you can't do that as a defensive head coach. Muschamp just should know better. To, to go back to a point from last year's Florida game, we were actually sitting at your house watching that Florida game. And I want to say about midway through the third quarter, we were up two touchdowns maybe, 10 points, two touchdowns, something like that. And you and I made the comment of, I really hope Brian McClendon as a first-year offensive coordinator doesn't just nail it in and try and run the ball. And they nailed it in and tried to run the ball. And that's how Florida came back and beat us, is we literally, we literally just tried to run the ball and run the clock out, and we just didn't have it. And Austin, the defense that he's running is a, is a three-down lineman and a, and a buck, which is an outside rush linebacker. So it's a 3-4 defense with actually instead of – Instead of having four linebackers, they only carry two linebackers as far as like a, a middle linebacker style, a week in the Sam, and, and they nail in five defensive backs and they play at nickel. And if you're playing that defense, in my opinion, 
you better be playing in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, which is where you're trying to cover all this spread offense, these fast receivers. And in the SEC, while it's transitioning to a little bit more of a spread offense, Georgia's going to line that thing up with two tight ends and run the ball down your throat. And Florida's – I don't know what Florida's offense is. That thing looked wild last night. So I don't think they know what their offense <laughs> they, is. They yeah. they Bub- may, bubble screens. They, bubble <laughs> screens. Bubble screens. <laughs> yeah, they, they may not. But, I mean, Vandy is not Vandy is not the style of offense where you need that kind of defense. And, you know, Missouri will be. Missouri has, has – even as they've come from the Big 12 to the SEC, they've carried that spread style offense. That's why – it's a it's a good offense for. That's why Drew Locke threw for fifty one touchdowns in a season. Yeah, I mean that's I, Drew. Well, Drew Locke's a pretty good quarterback. I, I've not gone in for 50, a long time. Fifty one touchdowns is still. I don't care what division, Pac twelve, Power five conference. Well, that's they, a lot. That's a lot of lot of touchdowns. So, played, South, so Florida did finish eighth in the final rankings last year. They beat Michigan. Yeah, they, they beat finished Michigan eighth in the, in the final rankings last year. Do we think they're gonna finish? That strong this year. So to, so Alex's point earlier was um, that a, t- a team in the top ten does not finish ranked at the end of the season, and I, I can't remember how many years it is. Also heard on game day yesterday that one team that is not ranked at all finishes in the top ten 25 of the last 26 seasons. So that's a hell of a hell, a of, a hell of a jump, right? right? Yeah, hell of a, hell jump of a jump for somebody that's not ranked. So so when we're saying not ranked, though, could they be like? A twenty-seven. They could be us. They could be sitting twenty-seventh. That's what, so. I mean, it's so, not like they're jumping from like fifty-third or way back in the. You know, it literally they could be just on the outskirts. Yeah, I, I think ready, ready to jump in in the top twenty-five and then just have a good season to finish I, at the top ten. I think it's somebody like Boise State or Houston this year. Here's your here's your top ten. Um, let's go around the room. Give me one of the top tens that does not finish ranked. Clemson number one, Alabama number two. Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas. Adam, you go ahead and start. So one team that I actually there's two teams I think that don't finish in in the top twenty five. One of them I'm thinking possibly Florida. I don't think finishes in the top twenty five. I think they. They'll pull, they'll pull some kind of thing like Carolina does. They'll lose a, a game or two that they shouldn't lose. But then also, I'm I'm not sold on Texas. I'm I'm not 100% sold on Texas being there at at the end of the year being a top 25 team. I'm not saying they won't be 26 or 27. I mean, if if they fall out of the top 25, I think they're right there on the edge. My my clear cut is uh LSU. It's not because I don't believe in LSU. It's because of the schedule. Um, week two at Texas. I think Texas is going to be a good team. Um, then they have a home game against Florida. Not really worried about Florida per se in that, but, I mean, it's still going to be a testy game. They're at Mississippi State and then followed up by versus Auburn and at Alabama and to end the season at, uh, at home against Texas A&M. That's just a lot of – good quality teams i mean you you're off one week you're not having your game you can easily lose one and something about college football it's better to lose at the beginning of the year if you're going to lose than at the end and lining up at bama late in the season i don't like that i think that could knock them down towards the end of the year and put them out of that top 25 so the top 10 teams that's going to fall the top 25 it has to be florida i'm sticking with my guns on this one it's going to be florida 
I don't see anybody else falling out of the top 25 because out of the top six teams, the strength of schedule is just so weak that they're not going to lose to anybody except for Florida. Florida in the SEC East is going to play a lot of talent. They're not going to finish in the top 25, especially if they play the way that we saw them play against Miami. I'll get behind that, and I'll actually um... – so for those who don't know, I, I did kind of grow up a Texas fan from 2004 to pretty much when I went to college in, in like 2011. But um, Texas is real this year. I mean, Texas has recruited fantastic. Tom Herman has actually had Texas in the top five recruiting classes for the last three years, and um, or last two years. And right now their schedule, Louisiana Tech, now they do have number six LSU at home, which will be a fantastic game. That is likely going to be a game day game because you're talking about two top ten teams facing off. Rice, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Now, they do have number four, Oklahoma, in the Red River rivalry in, in Dallas, um, which if you people don't watch that at noon, you've got to watch that game. That's a fantastic game every year. Kansas, even with less miles, let's be real. Um, Texas, uh, TCU, Kansas State. Iowa State is the uh, third, and there's only three ranked opponents that Texas play all year long. So, so um, Texas doesn't have a very strong, strong schedule. No, outside of LSU, I mean that's pretty much it. I, I Florida that's, is going to get beat. That's that's my worry is you know the top ten opponents you've got Clemson at one, Alabama at two, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. They're playing quality teams all year, and I feel like those they're going to beat their opponents, and they're going to finish where they're at right now. And then when it comes all the way down to the top ten, Florida just plays a strong opponent. Florida plays strong opponents all year. That they're not going to be able to beat, and they're going to fall out the top twenty-five. It's the that's to me, it's the only reasonable team in the top ten I can see falling out of the top twenty-five. So I guess my other thing on the whole Texas deal was, I guess watching them play last year. Um, I know they did win their bowl game, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in in the bowl pickums, I I did pick them to win, but I just kind of felt they they uh, showed signs of just kind of being sloppy, kind of like Florida did. And I don't know if that's just, again, could be a second-year coach or a third-year coach just trying to get his players in there and trying to fit them into the system that he's trying to run. Yeah, he's he's got a young team. And, and little Jordan Humphreys, which is now with the New Orleans Saints, by the way, but um, good fantasy pick for those of you who are looking for a good fantasy receiver late. And uh, well, he's a 6'6 receiver. So, um, But most of them are young. I mean, Sam Ellinger's going into his junior year. He's now had about a year and a half worth of starting at quarterback. I mean, he's a, he's – probably a top five, top ten college football quarterback, not NFL prospect, but college football quarterback. Um, one thing I did look up a second ago, Adam talked about Notre Dame, and you talked about Notre Dame Michigan facing off. Notre Dame has Georgia at Georgia this year as well. So you're talking about uh, number, at number 25 Stanford. They got Navy, which is always a tough game, uh, at Michigan, at Georgia, at Louisville, uh, Southern California at home. So Notre Dame – doesn't have quite an easy schedule. If Notre Dame comes out and plays like they did last year in the playoffs and that waxing from Clemson, this could be this could be a team that does at least get close to falling out. This is the year for Michigan, in my opinion, actually. I think Michigan has two games this season, um, and those would be – I'd give them three because they always have to play Michigan State and Ohio State. This is the year that they line up that they have – Michigan State and Ohio State both at home. They always have either both on the road or both at home. This year they're at home late in the year. They also have Notre Dame at home. So I looked for Michigan to win all three of these, go undefeated, 
and finally get in the playoffs. And actually, you're looking at Michigan to go undefeated into the playoffs. So, yeah. so all right, then bringing that up, who do what, you – What card did John Harbaugh give you or Tim Harbaugh give you? None. I mean, I just – I think when you play your three biggest games at home – in that stadium, you just you stand a good chance of winning. I, yeah. I agree with they're that. They're at number fifteen, Penn State, and at number nineteen, Wisconsin, as well. I'm not worried about Penn State at all this year. I really am out on Penn State. So, all right, then let's go around and let's get on. Who do you think your top four will be, or who who do you think is going to be in this college football playoffs come the end of this uh, end of the season? So, I'll, I I guess I'll start it off. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, they're in there, no doubt. The fourth team, I it's a struggle because I feel like that's a wild card this year. The the fourth team is definitely a wild card this year. Clemson and Alabama Georgia's got it locked up. I'm stuck between Oklahoma and Ohio State because I don't feel like either one of those teams is really gonna lose a game because who they play. So as as much as I hate to say it and but don't wanna agree with I do see Ohio State sneaking in the fourth spot. See, here's here's my thing with Ohio State not sneaking in the fourth spot. Urban Meyer is gone. I I don't think that's going to affect them much I, this year. I, I think I think it will. I think it will. I think I think Oklahoma is going to take the fourth spot, but over Ohio State. I think the top five preseason will not change come college football playoffs. So I'm thinking again: Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and. If you're going Oklahoma, I'm going to go Ohio State and have them at the fourth spot because it's all, I guess, politics at that point in time. I think Ohio State carries a bigger name, a little bit better legacy, even though Oklahoma of the recent years I think has proven to be a better team and has proven the right to be in the college uh, now, college playoffs. Part of me does believe that Clemson will not make it in the playoffs just for whatever reason. Because and you're a Carolina fan. Because I'm a Carolina <laughs> fan. But I I just – it's hard to say that Clemson is going to make it in the playoffs this year because – They don't play anybody this year again. And we say that every year, but – I know. Okay, I want to be as a Carolina As a Carolina fan, we say Clemson never plays but everybody, I've, I've, anybody, I've but posed, we – I've posed this question to all of y'all all week. I'm just going to state as a fact to the podcast now that – Clemson was ranked preseason number one. The last time a preseason team number one went on to win a national championship besides the 2017 Alabama Crimson Tide goes all the way back to 2004 of the University of Southern Cal. There's there's just no way Clemson makes it this year and does. Well, I didn't say they were winning the national championship. I'm just saying they will make the playoffs. I'm going to call it right now. Syracuse beats Clemson. And They're going to Syracuse. Clemson's going to Syracuse, and Syracuse <laughs> has always given them trouble the past few years. Syracuse goes on top this year. But do you think Clemson's not going to make it just because of one win or one loss? If they lose to Syracuse, they will. They will still make as defending national t- champions. They will make the college playoffs as one of the two babies. I think if of they the lose NCAA, to Syracuse, they drop. It. They drop another game. They drop another game if they lose to Syracuse. No, they're they're making it. Uh, they move, they move the needle. They buy the tickets. That everything is around the same. If Saban. I see Clemson, Alabama part what five now? It it will be. It, it will, will be. be. 
It, it will be. be. And I will lose Chris, my mind. Me and Chris talked about yesterday. And that's, can, that has nothing to do with me being a South Carolina fan. That has a has all things to do with me being a college football fan. I don't want to see the same national championship game five years in a row. You will. And me and Chris talked about this yesterday. Uh, if you're into betting, um, whatever amount you want to bet, hedge your bet, take Alabama and Clemson to win. They're both plus 180, I think, odds. One, 180 and 225. 180 yeah. for Clemson, 225 for Bama. Hedge your bets, bet them both plus. You'll have some money tied up for a little while. But it's like a little Christmas gift, honestly. You wake up New Year's or – second week of the year and you're like oh i just won a blank amount of money hedge your bets here's the thing if another team's gonna make it say you have georgia clemson alabama ohio state or notre dame or whoever you want to put in at the four spot they're gonna split clemson and bama up they're not putting clemson and bama where they have to play each other in the first round. No, they'll they'll put they, them on the opposite side of the bracket. They won't. Every every so, year they'll put them on the opposite so side. So for another team to win the national title, they will have to beat Clemson and Alabama in back-to-back weeks. No one will be able to do that. And if it's Georgia, they will have to beat Alabama in the SEC title game or play Alabama in the SEC title game. Then have to play them in the first round or second round. Oh, Georgia's going to play Alabama in the title game for the so, SEC. There's so no if, doubt. So if if um, Alabama, if that's their only loss on the season, I'm assuming they they still make it into the college. They college. will because of what happened last year, and you put in Notre Dame, and Notre Dame gets absolutely if, blown if Georgia, out. If Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title, they will play. Georgia versus Clemson on one side, and then Alabama versus no, whoever on the other side. No, they'll play Alabama Clemson first week. They, if they if, will if do you that. if you get if you get to both teams are undefeated in the SEC game, and whoever wins will go will be the two seed for the year, and whoever loses will be the four seed, and they'll okay. play Clemson yeah, makes first more sense. week. So yeah, but all right. So here's my four. I want to throw I'll, I'll throw the twist in a little bit, and I want everybody just to to sink this in, take this in. So Alabama Clemson obviously making it, but. My three and four are going to be LSU and Oregon. 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 So Because of the strength and conditioning. Is, where coach. is that coming from? <laughs> so the happy Oregon, birthday to me guy. Yeah. So Oregon actually does not have an extremely hard schedule in 2019, but they have an extremely important game next week in Auburn. So they're meeting at a neutral site. If they can find a way to beat Auburn, they're sitting at 13th right now. So let's say they beat Auburn, who's a top 15 team or 16, something like that. They'll probably pop into the top 10 because Florida's probably going to move down a little bit. And then throughout the rest of the year, they just kind of let everybody catch losses. And an undefeated Oregon will slide into the playoffs, especially with Justin Herbert, who's a top three quarterback in college football and likely going to be a top five pick in the NFL. LSU's got a hard schedule, man. They're playing in the West. They got A&M. They got Alabama. They got whoever. But I think if LSU can take one loss to Alabama this year, they can beat Texas. They can beat A&M. They can beat all the others. They're not going to have to play in an SEC championship game, which is what would happen to Georgia and Alabama. So if their one loss is to Alabama, and then they don't lose to anybody else, they're not playing in a championship game, I think they can slide in as a four seed. I think they really can if if their only loss is to number two Alabama. Oregon will not make it, and this is the reason why. They have to play Arizona three weeks before the end of the year. Arizona just lost to Hawaii last night. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that game. My boy Tate 
went off. Uh, We're not talking about Tate Martell, everybody. 361 <laughs> through the air. Khalil Tate, to be clear. 361 through the air and 108 on the ground. He's literally the only thing Arizona has. He might as well play safety for Arizona. And you know Khalil what? Tate, if he leads the passing and the rushing, he's the only threat. And you know what? He will win the Heisman. Put that down. I know oh. Jesus Boy in Clemson is supposed to be this Heisman winner. And everybody's all about him, but Tate will have the better yardage rushing and throwing than him. Might not have the better record because Arizona is trash, but they will have a good year behind Tate if they just free the beast and let him go so, off. But Arizona did lose game one. You saying he's still going to win the Heisman? Yes. So okay. I say the the Heisman, I guess, on that debate can be – just he might have good stats throughout the year, but – is it based around how well the, the team actually does, or so is it just based off of the players' individual statistics the, for the season? The Heisman Trophy definition is the most outstanding player in college football, or the best player in college football. So if he's if he's the best player, that's just that sounds like very individ, individual in the fact that yeah, I went for four thousand yards throwing and I ran for. 1,200 yards. But I'll say this. You cannot be on a bad football team and win the Heisman. Lamar, Lamar Jackson won a Heisman on a 9-4 and four team. That was a bad team. That, that, listen, talent-wise, they might not have been bad. Record-wise, 9-4 and four ain't bad, baby. But I'll say this to Adam's point, because a lot of people think that the Heisman Trophy winner has to be the best player off the best team, and it's not. Sorry, Clemson fans, Deshaun Watson did not deserve the Heisman. But the, the overall player himself – has to be outstanding, has to be great statistically, has to put up fantastic numbers, and your team still has to be decent. You cannot have a Heisman Trophy winner come off of a freaking 3-9 and nine team. It's just not going to happen. But why, why not if he is individually the best player, and if that's what the Heisman is supposed to be is the best player in it, college football? It's just not going to happen. It's it, voted on. That's it's, why. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's voted on, and if people don't see the player play and don't see him play against good competition. That's going to be tough for Khalil Tate because he's playing on that West Coast time. Yeah, and you're not going to get to see him. The big thing with Khalil Tate is I think early on he's going to move the needle. He's going to get views. People are going to get hyped about him. The thing with Heisman is you have Tua and you have Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. The problem with Trevor Lawrence and Tua both, they're going to be in blowout games. They're going to be in games that they're up 30 and they're not playing the fourth quarter. Tua didn't play fourth quarter until week eight last year or something like that. The LSU game. Yeah, ungodly stat. Uh, Clemson has a good run game in ETN. How are you going to get Lawrence these Heisman numbers when you got a good run game? That's, that's going to be difficult. So I don't like any of the Clemson players to win the Heisman. I think they have too much talent to have a Heisman winner on their team. So do you think ETN, as, as a running back, could no, put up Heisman numbers? No, because Trevor Lawrence is going to put up his numbers, and they're both going to be out by halftime and because th- of the schedule that Clemson plays. And I think they split the, split the amount of exposure and amount of good plays so that their Heisman trophy – performance isn't going to be that good so so currently going into the season though it is trevor lawrence and like tua as your top two heisman front runners it is it odd wise it is it's uh it's trevor is the lead um Tua is two and then etn is the third best followed up by the running back taylor from wisconsin and then uh herbert from oregon, uh, oregon. yeah and kelly Bryant is in there from missouri as well 
Okay, so that's going to wrap up today's episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros. We thank you for listening to us ramble on about our, you know, everyday topics. We would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at beer underscore bacon underscore bros. Our Twitter handle, Chris, you want to throw that out for them? At capital beer, capital bacon, capital bros, no spaces, no underscores, and there is a number one at the end of it. All right, and our Facebook page is beer, comma, bacon, space, the and symbol, the ampersand, then space bros. If you follow us, we'll reach out to you, tell you thank you, we'll follow you back. And also, don't be afraid to reach out to us at beerbaconbrosgmail.com. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll hit those topics for you and make this conversation a little bit more interesting. Or you can reach us on Twitter with other comments.